Thanks for joining us today on the Sword and Trial. Today, Graham and I talk about how we ought to engage on social media. Uh, Graham has been very wise in ways that I have not on social media. He talks about that. And then we just try to talk through some principles and some wisdom that God's given to us as Christians. We we still must remember Jesus Christ even when we sit down to uh, hammer out a post on X or on Facebook or on Instagram. So join us today for this conversation. Welcome to the Sword and Trowel. The Sword and Trowel is a podcast of Founders Ministries, and Founders exists for the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of local churches. I'm Tom Askell. And I'm Graham Gundon. And we're delighted to have you join us today because we're going to talk about just the way of social media, how to engage in social media, or how we ought to engage in social media. Mm-hmm. Um, the the basic premise that we I want to operate off of is you don't get to quit being a Christian when you jump on X or yeah. Facebook or whatever your platform of choice is. And Graham, um, tell us how you engage X. Oh, well, I, I think that I'm, I'm a, I'm an authority on this issue because you I, don't, I don't think all day on X. I don't think anyone does X better than I do <laughs> because I'm not on it. You X X. Yeah. You canceled X. I've been off. I don't know. Maybe a year and a half or so, um, and it was a great decision that so I made. D- tell us why, what led you to it, and, and why have you deemed it to be a great decision? Yeah, I think that Twitter or X can be a great tool, um, and it's a it's a one it can be a wonderful gospel tool as well. Uh, a great way to be able to get information and news and have fellowship and all those things. So it's not bad that anybody's on it. I wouldn't make that claim. But I found for myself, and this is probably true for a lot of people as well, uh, number one, it ended up being a big distraction. Um, number two, I found that uh, the, the temptation was always there for me to do exactly what you just said. Mm. That, you know, well, my Christian religion doesn't necessarily apply to this. <laughs> I don't have to control my tongue when I'm on Twitter because I'm not actually speaking. I'm just kind of putting it into the keyboard and uh, I don't really know who's listening to me and who's not. So I'm just going to say whatever I want to say that. And then the, the issue of controlling one's emotions. Um, I just felt every time I, I got on Twitter, I the propensity to get angry <laughs> was, and, and I didn't, didn't want to act out of anger and yeah. speak out of anger and frustration. So I just I decided, okay, for the time being, it was not like a permanent thing. I mean, although I did permanently de- delete my account, I'm going to just, I'm not going to do Twitter yeah. um, with the thought that, okay, I'll come back to it again later. And I still have that thought that maybe I'll come back to it again later, but uh, right now I have no regrets. Yeah, well, there's something to be admired uh, about that. I have tried to use social media as a primarily a one-way communication tool just to promote things that are going on that I think are healthy or put scripture up or just mm-hmm. some thoughts that hit me randomly at time. I, I do engage a little bit, but not nearly as much as some of my critics would like. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, and that's by design. And I, I've come to to discover that uh, they're just there's wisdom that's needed. I need it to engage in social media rightly because it's lots of landmines, uh, lots of potholes that you can step into and just, you know, uh, do a lot of damage to people. And you don't want to do that. I mean, the gospel is more important than any opinion I hold. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I want Christ to be honored more than, you know, make a name or build a platform for myself. And so uh, Founders does a lot of stuff and Institute of Public Theology did it. Institute of Public Theology does a lot of stuff, and we want to promote that. We want to mm-hmm. make it known, and so I stay on primarily for those reasons. But boy, you know, if you are looking for an opportunity to address foolish things, <laughs> X is a target-rich environment. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I should get it back just for research purposes. <laughs> well, there's a lot there, and of course, everybody has an opinion, and then mm-hmm. it's. Uh, you basically can speak in the same 280 characters that Elon Musk has, although he's got a blue check mark, so he gets more than 280, but you can only see 280 at a time. Mm. And so everybody feels entitled. Yeah. And they feel entitled to your own responses, too. So I, one of the things I've tried to do is to be <clears throat> slow to anger, you know, so it's hard to make me upset on Twitter, and uh, slow to take offense. Mm. You know, it's... Uh, I think it's it's wise and beneficial to not be looking for opportunities to be offended. So when, you know, people will uh, accuse me of any number of things, I, I just don't, it doesn't matter to me. And I don't, most of the time I don't know who they are. Yeah. And that's not, that's not just a social media no. principle. Like that's the, the Proverbs teach that. And I often remind my own children that and, and the, my students that it is to, it is to your honor to overlook an offense. That's what Proverbs 19 tells us. That's right. Um, and so when somebody comes at you with something, you don't always have to respond. You don't always have to get your hackles up. You know, there are situations when your brother sins against you, you go to him and you tell him his fault as Jesus tells mm-hmm. us to do in Matthew mm-hmm. 18. But not everything rises to that level. Um, right. And praise God, not everything rises to that level. And we can just extend grace and forgiveness and move on and not be offended. Yeah, and, and he doesn't say you go tell him his fault in front of all of X. <laughs> yeah. you go to him privately and tell him his fault. Mm-hmm. I, I too, I, I see, and I've actually used this proverb for myself, and I've commended it to others as well. It's Proverbs twenty six seventeen. Whoever meddles in a quarrel not his own is like one who takes a passing dog by the ears. <laughs> well, you know, I've had dogs and. And uh, if you grab a dog by the ear, you're going to create some havoc. There's going to be yelping. There's going to be biting. Uh, there's going to be trying to get away. And the, the the wisdom there is, hey, you don't have to jump into every argument. Mm-hmm. You don't have to uh, try to address every difficulty. I think it's Proverbs eleven twelve that I may have posted recently um, that uh, – says that uh, whoever belittle, belittles his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding remains silent. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, you know, you look at this and you think, that is so foolish, it needs to be ridiculed. Mm-hmm. And you're tempted to just take it and belittle the person who said it. And um, yet that proverb says, no, if you've got real understanding, you just be quiet. Yeah, you know, I think that we are <clears throat> we are so created and designed to mind our own business <laughs> and social media has a global reach and everyone's business comes onto our screen and we feel like, okay, I have to have a position on this thing. Yeah. I have to weigh in on this thing. You know, sometimes you see, um, in churches, uh, that are not your own, some scandal breaks out, something happens 
And I'm often so grateful for the fact that like, well, you know, I'm pray for that church that the Lord will work and he do his right. will in that church. But I also, I don't have to have a position on what should be done. It's That's not, right. it's not my church. That's you know? right. And so you see the same kind of stuff happen on social media. So-and-so says this, so-and-so <laughs> has done that. Well, now I have to say publicly what my position is yeah. on this thing that really doesn't have anything to do with me. I don't have all the information. I don't have all the details. I, I'm not even capable of making a sound judgment on the issue. Right. That's right. You know, and even a fool is thought wise when he, keep silent. You mm-hmm. know? And, uh, I, I've had people bait me and they'll say, I haven't heard Tom Askell comment on what happened <laughs> in St. Louis, you know, what I'm thinking, what happened in St. Louis? I don't <laughs> yeah. even know. And, uh, I don't feel any compulsion. Your silence is deafening. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, I don't even know you uh-huh. and you, you think that I'm going to respond to that. I no, that's mm-hmm. not who I am. I got a life. I've got plenty of things to do. And your comment about uh, churches as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we tend to think we have plenty of information mm-hmm. to speak, which I quit trusting uh, most media as being sources of accurate information a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So if all I know is what's coming across CNN and Fox News and Drudge and other places, I, yeah. I'm a pretty much an agnostic Mm-hmm. And, until I can get, you know, firmer information or, or, or cross source it in different ways. And so, man, for me to jump in with an opinion on things like that is oftentimes very unwise. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing people do that's connected to that is that they will demand information that they think they have a right to. Yeah. So yeah. something will happen here or there'll be a conversation that happens over mm-hmm. there and everyone thinks that, okay, cause now I know about this. I am, des- I deserve all of the information on this issue so I can make a judgment myself. That's right. No, I've had that. And, and it's, you know, sometimes it's kind of comical too. People will, uh, and like I'll recommend a book or something. People say, well, does the book say this? And was the book do that? And you know, what's his view on this? And, I'll say, get the book. Yeah. <laughs> I recommended the book. I'm not going to do your research for you here, mm. brother. You know, go ahead and do a little work too. Thank you for joining us today for this conversation on the sword and the trial. I wanted to remind you and bring to your attention a new title by Founders Press titled Spurgeon's Forgotten Sabbatarian by Brandon Rea. This is a wonderful book on the law of God and Spurgeon's views of the Christian Sabbath. It's kind of a controversial topic in our day, even amongst many Reformed Baptists, but I think that we can learn a lot from the wisdom of Spurgeon. Uh, This is on presale right now at founders.org. You can uh, order this for a discount and orders will show ship uh, in February of 2024. There's many temptations in social media that Mm. Christians can fall into. And one of the things we've tried to demystify it in our church context, and we've said this publicly on more than one occasion, that look, when, when you're on social media and you post something, it's as if you're going to the corner of the street downtown Cape Coral and shouting it out mm-hmm. to anybody and everybody because there tends to be this kind of mentality. Well, it's my wall, you know, or it's my, my thread or, you know, you, I can say what I want to, it's my Instagram post. And mm-hmm. so you don't have any rights to tell me, well, no, you know, as Christian brothers and sisters in a church, we have the responsibility to watch over one another in love, mm-hmm. which is what we've pledged to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, in churches and church leaders, if you can help people to demystify it 
yeah. and realize that whenever they post something, they may think it's just for them and their friends, and there might be a certain group that give them the kind of positive feedback that gives them the dopamine hit that makes them feel good about themselves. But if it's dishonoring to the Lord, if it's sinful, mm-hmm. then we have a responsibility to, to wrap our arm around them and say, hey, brother, hey, sister, this is not wise. This is not mm-hmm. honoring to the Lord. Well, and the scriptures are so clear about the dangers of the tongue mm-hmm. and the damage that the tongue can do. And um, people who would normally be hesitant to speak the actual words are not hesitant at all to write the words publicly uh, where they're recorded forever and anyone anyone can see them. It's as if th- there's this disconnect there. Yeah. I know that my, my tongue can be a spark that sets an entire forest on fire, yet I'm going to say vile things or I'm going to say offensive things or I'm going to say foolish things or slanderous things online and think that there's not going to be any consequences for that. Well, it's the same thing as speaking them in the scriptures condemn it. And so pastors have a responsibility as they would, as, like you said, if, if one of our church members goes down downtown and shouts things out that should not be said, that are mm-hmm. sinful to say, well, a pastor has a responsibility to help that church member. And so church leaders have a responsibility to help uh, their people to figure out how they can honor the Lord on yeah. social media. And, and I tell you, too, there's even a mentality that I've seen where uh, some can think that social media has different standards and, and different codes by which you operate. Mm. You know, so did you like this post? Did you not like this post? Well, then, you know, I've got a basis to judge you yeah. <laughs> on yeah, yeah. whether you liked it or didn't like it, uh, which is it's crazy. Again, we it's God's law that determines what's right and what's wrong, and there aren't different standards for social media. Yeah, what does is, what is God's law say about retweeting something with googly eyes? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, it, it's it's crazy to see people think, well, you know, he liked this or he didn't like that. Uh-huh. As if you can pack into that one click all of this meaning. Uh-huh. You know, why didn't why didn't you like that? I mean, and we've actually it's been a while back, but we actually had some people here when Facebook was just getting started who got their feelings hurt and who wanted to make an issue of it. Because people were not liking things that they were saying on Facebook. Mm. And we just had to have an honest conversation. said, look, this is crazy. Well, that gets to a temptation I think that many have, though they may not realize it or they may not admit to it. Um, but this this need for validation from others. Mm-hmm. And you said it earlier, you know, you get these dopamine hits. You get the dopamine hits by just scrolling through and you kind of get addicted to that. And like mm-hmm. every 10 minutes goes by, oh, I need to get on and I need to scroll through. But you really get the dopamine hits when you've said something and somebody else likes it or someone else mm-hmm. tweets it. Mm-hmm. And oh, you know, 20 people liked this one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is what the people like. I need to do more of this. And then you get people just throwing out red meat so they can get more and more likes and more and more shares and build their persona on Twitter. And what many people just become engaged in is building their platform, making right. a name for themselves, which is incidentally what the, the Tower of Babel, <laughs> that's why they fell. Um, and what was the curse that God gave them is that yeah. their language would be confused. But they, they get so wrapped up in, in building a name for themselves, building their platform, and mostly how that happens on things like X or even on Facebook is what conflict can I get involved in today? Mm-hmm. Because the conflict is really what marks you out. Okay, this guy's on my side. This guy's not on my side. That's how you get engagement. Um, so this I, this need for validation for, from others and this desire to make a name for yourself 
can lead into all sorts of other um, sneaky sins when it comes mm-hmm. to the language that we use. Yeah, that's very true, man. And it, it can uh, <clears throat> it can lead into what I guess is commonly called tribalism today, mm-hmm. too. So, you know, if you're in my tribe, anything you say that I'm going to support and anything that you do, I'm, I'm not going to condemn, even if you do something really bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, there's no enemies over here. I can't mm-hmm. uh, condemn you for that. And then when somebody who's not in your tribe says or does something good, you, you don't commend that. Which, it, again, as Christians, we have a higher standard than mm-hmm. that. You know, it's not, okay... Uh, no enemies over here because you're on the right side of this issue. So you can, I'm just going to gulp mm-hmm. on that. No, at least you need to privately address it with the brother. And it might be, if it's a public kind of sin, you need to publicly mm-hmm. a- a- acknowledge it with him or not, not approve of it. And then man, you know, uh, uh, uh broken clocks right twice a day. So there's mm-hmm. two times a day you can say that's right. Mm-hmm. And we should not be, unwilling to commend good things when it's appropriate. I don't think you are obligated necessarily, but you shouldn't say, well, he's not in our tribe. I'm not going to mm-hmm. commend that. Um, God's called us to a higher standard. I wanted to bring to your attention a new book just off the press from Founders Press. It is a revolutionary reading of Romans 13 by Timothy Decker. I have not been able to read this book, but I've had conversations with Timothy about it. I'm looking forward to getting my hands on this and reading it myself. You can go to press.founders.org to order this book. It'll be especially helpful, I think, in this coming election year, 2024, to think more carefully about the civil magistrate and our duty as Christians to the civil magistrate. You can order this on pre-sale at press.founders.org through the end of January and orders will be shipping in February. Yeah. Another thing that you just touched on, you know, if somebody sins (laughs) publicly, you know, sometimes it's appropriate to address that publicly, Mm -hmm. but then also the opposite is true. You know, if you sin publicly on social media, which I'm sure pretty much all of us are guilty of that, (laughs) It's appropriate then to repent yeah. in the place where you have sinned and as publicly as you have sinned. Yeah, amen. That's something that very few people are willing to do. That's right. And when it is done, it's commendable. And, and um, I'll not bring up his name. I don't want to uh, in- embarrass him in any way. But there was a guy who was hard after me for years, just condemning me as being everything but a Christian almost, you know, mm-hmm. and um, effeminate and, you know, wishy-washy. And we got on a private phone call. Uh, set up by another fellow a couple of years ago. And he said, you know, I've been hard on you and uh, I've, I've said things about you. And it's all, it's because I just thought you were soft, you know, and I felt like you weren't being uh, as clear as you should have been. So, but, but I, I don't get that often. I don't get that often. So, you know? But, uh, but anyway, so we talked and he said, I just want you to know, you know, I, I'm sorry for all that, you know, and I shouldn't have done that. And so we, we talked a little bit more and I said, well, Hey, I said, let me tell you what I told my kids when they were growing up that whenever you sin, the circle of your repentance needs to be the circle of your sin. I said, so, you know, when you now acknowledge you sinned against me, what was the circle of that? Well, yeah, I see your point. And and he did. The next day, he came out publicly on social media. Mm. And, uh, and it was good. I was, it was right. And, you know, you know, I'm, wasn't trying to rub his nose in anything. I just, this is the way Christians live. Mm-hmm. When you sin, you repent and you get up and you start over, you make things right. And, uh, your repentance ought to be as notorious as was your sin. 
I do think it, it helps if people could remember that, <clears throat> though in so many ways, social media is not the real world. Mm. You know, I mean, I've got a thousand friends or something on Facebook, but I don't know 950 of them. You know, mm-hmm. I couldn't pick them out of a lineup. And that's going to be true for just about anybody who, who's been around on social media very long. But I do have real friends in, right here in the church where I am, in the community where I live. And so in that sense, there's an unreality to it. But there are real people mm-hmm. on the other end of all of those names and all of those handles. And so they deserve to be treated like image bearers of God. Mm-hmm. And just because I don't see them, just because I don't eat with them, doesn't mean that I can begin to sin against them and yeah. treat them as if they're something less than image bearers. Yeah, and social media can really be an effective way to love other people yeah. that you often don't have an opportunity to do that. Yeah. Um, like, you know, it's a way to use your words and put them into a megaphone and speak to a greater number of people or to speak directly to people who you never see or rarely get to see and speak with face to face. So it's you know, far from being, you know, uh, this evil thing which you know christians should barely ever if ever use it can really be a wonderful tool uh for christian ministry for the proclamation of the gospel for the encouragement of brothers and sisters in in all sorts of ways yeah um and so there's there's a lot positive there but man we need to we need to learn how to master it and not allow it to master us amen because it, it it so often is designed to um to appeal to our sinful natures. Um, and so we need to be aware of that, but then also as we guard against that to be able to use it for the good that it actually can do. Yeah. And, and we've seen it do a ton of good. I mean, I've had people pray for me in times of crisis because of social media, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, uh, uh, been wonderful. And I praise God for that. We've, when Bodie Balkum had his serious heart problem, you know, it was largely social media that people just rallied to him to help him mm-hmm. with the uh, uh, the mounting uh, bills that were going to be associated with helping correct that. And then it, it happened during an ice storm, I'll never forget, and he was stranded in Dallas. He'd gotten back from Zambia, but he was trying to get to uh, the Mayo Clinic in mm-hmm. Jacksonville, and all the flights were shut down. I had people contact me because of social media saying, look, man, I've got a monster truck. You know, it will go through anything. I will go get him. We- <laughs> was it Gravedigger? <laughs> I don't know who it was. I'm not even sure what that is. But, uh, I mean, that's good, man. You just, you can see the good of it. It's just the appeal that I want to make to my fellow uh, brothers and sisters in Christ is, hey, we don't get to quit being Christian. Mm-hmm. when we're on social media. So remember Christ. And I, I say that for myself as well. <clears throat> and, um, you know, where you sin, repent mm-hmm. and try to honor the Lord Jesus. And man, we can have great engagements. I mean, uh, one brother can sharpen another as iron sharpens iron mm-hmm. on social media. That's good. I've seen some refining of ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had that in my own life uh, by watching and reading and trying to, to follow trails. And when people recommend articles or books, I've benefited greatly. Mm-hmm. There are things I would not have studied had it not been for people that I respected uh, going down a trail and recommending sources that mm-hmm. I could go look up mm-hmm. and uh, doing that. And then <laughs> realizing too, that whenever you, whenever you, you say uh, something about somebody that everybody thinks is persona non grata and they've done something good and you commend that, that you're not jumping in bed with every 
right. difficulty that they have. I mean, you, you see this on debates like uh, the eternal subordination of the sun. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, well, that's a really important theological debate. Mm-hmm. But there are people who are trying to stake out orthodox positions honoring some of the difficulties in the mystery mm-hmm. of eternal regeneration, as I would affirm, uh, that I'm not going to throw them away right. because they, they have problems saying it exactly the way that I would. Mm-hmm. And when they say something good, you can commend it without people saying, oh, there you go, man, you're you're diving into that heresy. Yeah, I have uh, Wayne Groom systematic theology <laughs> on my shelf, and not just for research purposes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So um, those kinds of disassociations are important for Christians to make across the board. Mm-hmm. We can affirm what is good here without... Uh, having to justify everything that's bad. You know, Jesus said of the Pharisees, uh, listen to what they say, don't do what they do. Mm-hmm. They sit in Moses' seat, mm-hmm. so you listen to them. And we ought to be able to have that kind of discretion as well. Yeah, amen. Well, um, social media is a gift of God in so many ways, and yet it's a massive challenge, and it can be a, a swamp. And uh, in one sense, it is what you are willing to make of it. But as brothers and sisters in Christ, we ought to encourage one another, help one another to try to honor the Lord in the way we engage each other and others in social media, just as we would if we were sitting down across the table from them. You've got to continue to remind yourself that Christ is Lord and that he's Lord of your speech, he's Lord of your tweets, he's Lord of your posts, and uh, you don't get a pass because you're sitting behind a computer screen. Well, thank you for joining us today on The Sword and the Trowel. We are always delighted to uh, welcome you into these kinds of conversations. If this has been beneficial to you, we would appreciate it if you would like this, share it, if you subscribe on your favorite podcast. That helps us with the various algorithms and the way that they try to uh, uh, shadow ban certain uh, uh, communication that we might have here on The Sword and the Trowel. So thank you for that. Also, we would love to serve you in any way that we could in your church. If there are things that you think we could do for you here at Founders, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. It'd be our joy to try to serve you. The history of the Church of Jesus Christ is the history of revival. God has worked powerfully in unusual ways in different seasons during the history of the church. When God comes down in reviving power, things change. People are converted. God's people are sanctified. His church is expanded. The testimony of the gospel goes out with greater power and greater boldness. And we are in desperate need of revival in these days. And it's not that revival is something different than normal Christianity. Revival is God working in His normal ways in intensification, fast, where it goes deep and the work goes wide. In Psalm 44, the psalmist says to the Lord, O God, our fathers have told us, we've heard with our ears of the great things that you did for them in their day, how you drove out their enemies from before them. And they didn't accomplish these things through their own strength, but God, you accomplished it by manifesting your power, making bare your mighty right arm. And we want to issue that same petition to the Lord. We want to unite together and plead with God to come and revive His work in the midst of these years. I urge you to join us January 23rd through 25th, 2025 in Southwest Florida for the National Founders Conference when we will be focused upon this vitally important theme of revival. 
Revive us, O Lord. That is our plea. That will be the subject of all of our meditations and all of our instructions from the Word of God. And it will be the burden of our heart as we unite together, asking God to come and do for us that which we cannot do for ourselves, to do what He's done in the past, how He's been pleased to pour out His Spirit upon people that did not deserve it in order that His name might be honored and glorified in those days.